Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Rhythms Podcast. I'm so encouraged that you are joining us. My name is Spencer Lohman, and I have the honor and the privilege to be one of the pastors of United City Greensboro. Uh, I would encourage you, if you like this content, would you follow the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, and give us a review, maybe even share it with a friend. We hope that this is a blessing to you. Our hope and our prayer and our desire for you as one who is listening is to learn the unforced rhythms of grace. We have felt compelled in 2020 to have a podcast where we can explore conversations around spiritual practices, disciplines, and rhythms that anchor us in the way of Jesus. These are means of grace in the language of John Wesley, or methods that provide a space for us to be shaped and to be cultivated into Christ's likeness. And we feel like now more than ever, in this season that we need anchoring practices. We need to get back to the ways of Jesus. And in the language of John Mark Comer for us, if we want to adopt the life of Jesus, we have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. And certainly today being the election here in the U.S., it is a high anxiety moment in time. We are living in unprecedented moments in society, and it feels as though the entire globe has their focus and attention on the United States and all that is up in the air with the coming results of the election. But I do want to encourage all of you, those who are listening, whether you've listened before or this is your first time tuning in, that Jesus is king, and he is with us, and he is sovereign and fully in control. And if we as finite human beings put our hope in anything that is temporal, those things will be exposed, and therefore our hope will be exposed, and that is when we enter into hopelessness. Um, But the reality is that 2,000 years ago, Jesus the eternal son of God went onto the cross, took our sin, took our pain, brought us a new way of life with the Sermon on the Mount and eventually resurrected, had a physical resurrection and ascended to the father. And I think it's important to understand that sentiment that Jesus ascended. It was a, um, a crowning of sort. It was a way of enthronement that he has conquered death and the grave, and that there is hope, and that all things pass, and all things come to pass, and there is uh, time and due season for everything. Um, Much of the eastern part of the world views time as much more cyclical, whereas in the west we view time as much more linear. But I encourage you to understand that we live in cycles of seasons, And it is important for us to anchor ourselves in the way of Jesus, as well as to be a faithful witness to the ethic and the way of life that is the kingdom of heaven. So whatever is to happen, it's important for us in the language of Jeremiah 29 to seek the peace or the shalom of the city to where we have been sent. Um, Wherever we are, no matter what happens, We are to seek the peace and prosperity of the city. We are to love those 
who may think or vote or act or look differently than we do. And so my hope and prayer for you in this time and season, over the next few days and weeks, you sit in that reality um, that Jesus Christ truly is King and to examine where your hope actually lies. Now today, I'm encouraged because we are going to be talking about the rhythm of prayer. Now, I recognize that there are different forms of prayer and there are different practices of prayer that we will get into at different points of the podcast. But I feel as though today it is important for us to recognize the practice of prayer. Prayer, first and foremost, in its origins, means to beg. Uh, It means to earnestly ask, which puts us as humans in a posture of dependence. And it is important to recognize in this time and season that we are in, in this moment that seems so chaotic and disordered, to recognize that we are dependent. We are not independent, autonomous creatures. We are dependent upon an eternal being, that being God, the triune community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And what really prompted this push to talk about prayer is a quote from John Tyson, who's a pastor of Church of the City in New York, where he says the intensity of our prayer must match the intensity of our moment. And let's be honest, we are in an intense moment right now in the West and really across the world. And so the intensity of our prayer and our prayers must match the intensity of our moment. Now, the disciples in the gospel story often struggle with the idea of prayer to a point where they asked Jesus specifically to teach them how to pray. They didn't ask him to teach them how to cast out demons or teach them how to prophesy or teach them how to heal. They asked him to teach them how to pray. And I I want to recognize that Um, Prayer for many of us seems ethereal, and it seems out there, and it seems conceptual. But prayer, first and foremost, as I mentioned, uh, has to do with our relationship with God himself. Prayer, at its basic form, is communication. It is rooted in intimacy. Uh, A few months ago, my wife and I made the trip to Charleston, South Carolina, And if you've been to Charleston, you are very familiar with the Cooper River Bridge. Uh, This is a massive structure that takes you from Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, and into Charleston. Uh, You see it from miles away. It's this beautiful architectural structure. And prayer is much like a bridge. It's a bridge into the presence of of the living God. Just as this bridge provides a gateway from Mount Pleasant into Charleston proper, prayer is a pseudo bridge into the presence of God. St. Teresa of Avila, who I'm going to reference often in today's conversation around prayer, she was a Spanish mystic from the 16th century. She says, for prayer is nothing else than being on terms of friendship with God. Dr. John Drury, who is a professor of mine at Wesley Seminary, so a little shout out there for Wesley Seminary, says that prayer is communion of one's deepest self with God. It is the movement of the soul 
toward God. Now we see in Genesis chapter 1, the very beginning in the creation story, we see over and over and over again where the scriptures say God said, God said, and God said. We see the logos, the word of God speaking life into existence. But then we see in Genesis 1 verse 28, then God said to them, and that changes everything. Up until this point, God is just speaking. But in Genesis 1.28, it specifically says, Then God said to them. Prayer is talking and listening to God. It is God-directed, it's God-inspired, and it's God-infused. And there are obviously are many types of prayer, as I mentioned earlier. And there are prayers that we will look at over the course of time. There's Lectio Divina, there's the prayer of examine, there is liturgy, there's the daily office, so on and so forth. There is travailing prayer, there's prayer of silence, and there's all types of prayer. But at the core of it all is communion of our deepest self with God. Now, a lot of us may have heard the acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S, as a means of explaining what prayer is and a way of practicing prayer. Uh, A stands for adoration, C is confession, T is thanksgiving, S is supplication. And that's a beautiful acronym, but I really have come to enjoy the acronym that Pete Gregg from 24-7 Prayer has provided. Uh, And it's really helpful because it actually spells out the word pray, P-R-A-Y. And I'm going to walk through these Uh, specifically here today as just a quick note to give you some practical tools and rhythms in terms of what does it mean, what does it look like to pray. First, P, he says, means to pause. We should first pause. Psalm 46.10, we know this verse all too well. Be still and know that I am God. Pause. Stop. Slow down. We talked about slowing a couple of weeks ago. Slow down. St. Teresa of Avila says, We need no wings to go in search of him, but have only to look upon him present with us. God is Emmanuel. He is with us. He says over and over again in the scriptures, Do not be afraid, for I am with you in this time and season that we are in right now. COVID-19, with the election, with injustices in our world, he is present with us. Take courage. He is among us. He is present. So pause. The R is rejoice. Rejoice and reflect. Philippians 4.4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. This is the Apostle Paul. I will say it again. Rejoice. I think he's getting at something here. We should rejoice always. That doesn't mean that we can't grieve, as we talked about last week with lamenting, but in the midst of our grieving, we can rejoice in the Lord because he is God and he is in control. Um, St. Teresa of Avila says, Reflect upon the providence and wisdom of God in all created things and praise him in them all. This is where we get the idea of praising him, thanking him, honoring him, adoring him, worshiping him. Maybe you do this through music. Maybe you do this by speaking out loud or yelling. Just praises of honor and adoration, putting your hands high. This is the rhythm of rejoicing and reflecting. The next practice of prayer is ask. As we said earlier, prayer in its very nature means to beg or to plead. 
John 14, 14 says, You may ask me for anything in my name. This is Jesus speaking. And I will do it. James, the half-brother of Jesus, says in chapter 4, verse 2, You do not have because you do not ask God. Now, we have to recognize that God is on a different timetable than we are. We are not God. But we may continue, and we should continue, to ask God to plead for God to intervene. We intercede on others. We pray for needs in our own life. Um, We pray that God would move, that there be awakening in our country, in our time, in our day. We are praying earnestly for revival, earnestly for renewal, earnestly for justice and mercy. We ask God to move in our day. John Wesley says God does nothing outside of prayer. We are his children and we go to the Father and we beg him to have his way and to move. St. Teresa says, you pay God a compliment by asking great things of him. God rejoices in giving us things. And I think oftentimes um, he cares so deeply about us and we forget that he wants us to come to him, ask him. Um, I know there were times growing up as a child where my dad almost loved the fact that I needed him and I asked him for certain things. And so often we don't have this recollection that God desires for us to ask him. And he actually desires to give us more than we desire to ask. So I would encourage you, ask God to move in our life. And finally, the why is yield. Uh, And another word that we could use is surrender. Surrender to God. Yield to him as King and Lord. Romans 12, 1 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy or compassion, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Offer yourself to God. Surrender to him. Yield to him. Say, here am I, Lord. Use me. Cultivate me. St. Teresa says, let nothing disturb you hear this in this time right now let this be a prophetic word over you let nothing disturb you let nothing frighten you all things are passing away god never changes patience obtains all things whoever has god lacks nothing god alone suffices i love the swiss theologian from the 20th century carl bart where he says To clasp the hands in prayer is the beginning of an uprising against the disorder of the world. If you think the world needs to change, you need to begin to pray. You need to clasp your hands in prayer. We see this rhythm, even the Apostle Paul in the New Testament writing out prayers to various churches where he's on his knees talking to the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 3 in prison, praying and interceding on their behalf. We need to pray. Prayer makes an impact. James is very clear in saying prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. They make an impact. So here we see just this simple acronym from Pete Gregg in the 24-7 prayer movement, which I encourage you to take a look at. It's fantastic. Um, P-R-A-Y. Pause. Rejoice and reflect. Ask and yield or surrender to God. Watchman Nee says, Our prayers lay the tracks down on which God's power can come. You want to experience God's power? You want to see God's power make an impact in the world? His presence be made manifest in the world? 
We want to see the fullness of God. We have to lay the tracks down on which God's power can come, and those tracks are our prayers. I want to close with this prayer from Howard Thurman, who is a mid-20th century um, civil rights activist, philosopher, and theologian. This is a prayer from Howard Thurman, and this is the closing prayer that I want to just speak over you in this time, in this moment, in this season, on Election Day 2020. Lord, open unto me, open unto me, light for my darkness. Open unto me courage for my fear. Open unto me hope for my despair. Open unto me peace for my turmoil. Open unto me joy for my sorrow. Open unto me strength for my weakness. Open unto me wisdom for my confusion. Open unto me forgiveness for my sins. Open unto me love for my hates. Open unto me thyself for myself. Lord, Lord, open unto me. We thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Rhythms Podcast. I hope that it was encouraging for you and you can begin to implement these practices in your life. Uh, I also would encourage you to subscribe and follow this podcast and give it a review. If you enjoy the content, please give it a review so that more people can tune in. We love you and we are appreciative for you and can't wait to join you next week on the Rhythms Podcast. Grace and peace.